Welcome to the Words of Wisdom podcast. This is the place to be to raise the consciousness within in order to create a life and business of ease, flow, and freedom. This podcast offers inspiring stories, strategies, and special guests to help you become your most aligned self. I am Minerva Maharaj, a former NBA Toronto Raptors dancer, turned ICF accredited spiritual life coach, founder of Goddess of Wisdom Spiritual Life Coaching, and Star Seed Academy Coach Training. My soul's mission is to show you the impossible is truly possible. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Let's get to awakening your soul's wisdom. Welcome back to Words of Wisdom. It's me, Minerva Maharaj. Today is a very special, bittersweet episode, as this will be my last episode for a short time, as I'll be signing off for a short mat leave. I just want to take this opportunity to thank all of my listeners, everyone who's downloaded, subscribed, uh, shared this, tagged it, DM me about it, left a review. I'm honored and I don't take it lightly that you take the time to listen. And I really hope this podcast has been of service to you in some way, whether it gave you that boost, that inspiration, the next step, um, affirmed whatever and wherever you are in your life. But thank you for lending your time and energy to this podcast and this time with me. And I really hope this has been serving you. So as I mentioned, I'll be taking a short mat leave as I'll be giving birth to our baby boy, our second child in a couple of weeks or probably when you listen to it, he may already be here. (laughs) So just to honor my energy and the time with my family, I've decided to take a short mat leave. And really, I am intending during that time ease and flow as much as that can be within the newborn stage. Anyone who has kids can understand what the newborn stage is like, but I really am setting that intention and honoring my energy. And when I come back, I will be coming back at a limited capacity that honors my energy, but also honors my calling being of service to those who are ready to live a life of ease and flow. And freedom. So I will be returning um, in a limited capacity to work through my Freedom and Flow Mastermind. That starts actually November 3rd, as well as our next cohort for Starseed Academy for high-level coach training. And that happens the end of November. So all of this information is on our website, starseedacademycoachtraining.com. And um, in terms of when I return to this podcast, ease and flow. I'm just going to choose based on the energy and when I can come back feeling inspired and that spiritual nudge that it's time to come back. So I just wanted to inform you about that and honor that. And in the meantime, hopefully these podcasts have been beneficial to you and you can go back and listen to them, download them, re-listen because I do my best to give as much information as possible that you really can integrate. So I gave today some thought and how I wanted to sign off for this season. And what I thought about was five lessons I've learned this past year to create a life of ease and flow. So I wanted to share with you my five big lessons of what I learned in creating a life of ease and flow. I can truly say that I am living that life of ease and flow, my version of it, my definition of it, my desire of it, in terms of running two successful businesses, loving what I do, um, loving my family, my marriage, two kids now and a dog, the home that we live in, the home that we built, Every day, 
waking up and being in awe of we created this. I love my life. I am so grateful and being in awe. Running, as I mentioned, two six-figure businesses, all in a place from ease, flow, and alignment to my soul's calling. And I share all of that to let you know that it is possible for you too. Because there was a point in my life where I strived for it, but deep down, I didn't feel like it was truly possible for me. I guess a greater part of me knew that it was possible, hence why I was going after it. But I, one of my greatest awarenesses, and this is not even part of the lesson, this is just all coming up now as I'm sharing this, one of my greatest awarenesses was that I was going after something with an underlining hidden belief that it's not actually possible for me. It's a disconnected truth for me. I wanted it to be true, but in in and underneath all my actions was this lack of belief that it was meant for me. And I would say this past year has been like my best year ever business-wise, professionally, personally, emotionally, everythingly. <laughs> and it took some work. It took some aligned conscious work. And for those of you who are working, striving, dedicating your time and energy and efforts in creating a better life, a life that you truly desire and you know you deserve, but feel disconnected sometimes or feel so far away or you wonder when and how and when is it all going to unfold. I'm sharing these five lessons in hopes that something lands for you and helps you take the next step forward or affirm exactly where you are, that you are on the right path. And I find these five lessons, these five truths, I wish I knew obviously way back when, but is something I want to share with you. Okay, so let me just get right into it. I'm just going down memory lane there. So five lessons I've learned this past year to create a life of ease and flow. So get that pen and paper out, or download this and come back and listen to it, whatever you need to do. Because honestly, when I even I journal and I do my own practice and I come back to that place, I need to come back to these truths. These are the common ones that keep coming up. And I know I'm going to lean back in this even on the bad days. And by the way, even if you have a life of ease and flow or freedom, you're still going to have those off days and you need to embrace that. So I'm going to talk about that in a bit. So number one. One lesson I learned in creating a life of ease and flow is that you can create it. You can create it. It's not something that happens outside of you or happens to you or for the lucky ones. You choose it. You need to do the conscious work to create it and believe it's already in you as you and meant for you. You can create this. And I mentioned this a bit in the past two episodes, so go back and listen to that about how creation and how we are creators. But really, this was a big lesson of really waking up to the truth that I am a creator. I can create this. I have created this life for myself. Not to say there wasn't any support, divine or physical or there wasn't work that went into it, but it really, we are the creators. We are the source of our creation. I used to look at people and think, wow, they're so lucky. I wish I had what they had, or um, I wish I had that quality or their confidence. 
until I realized that this is not something they're actually born with or they were just gifted with per se. We all have gifts. We all have, you know, um, innate wisdom and skills and talents that, you know, some have to hone more than others. But the things that I was admiring about people wasn't something that was just handed to them. It was something that they worked at. They chose it. They honed it. They were committed to it. They created it within themselves, whether it's being a millionaire or billionaire or being that power couple or having a great body, whatever it is that I had admired from afar and wanted for myself, that admiration as I look back had this underlining oh, it's not for me or, or it's not in me or it's not meant for me. And I was striving and aiming for it from a place of lack, from a place of not being good enough or from a place of why not me and why them? And when I really connected to, I can create this for myself, I am a creator, whatever it is. And when I even now look at the people I used to admire or ones perhaps I admire now and and I use that lightly too because I used to put people on a pedestal, but I, I'm really conscious not to, but we're all human. You have those moments. But whoever it is that you look up to, what whoever it is that you aspire to be like, whether it's Kim Kardashian in terms of her successes, whether it's Tony Robbins, whoever it is that you aspire to be, just know that they created that for themselves. And sometimes we judge people for the success that they have. Um, we judge it to justify where we're at. But whoever it is that you judge or whoever it is that you admire, just know that that was conscious creation in their part. Whatever it is that they have, whether it's money or clients or whatever le level of success it is that you think they have, all of that that you want or you see in other people, that was all created within them. It's not something that was handed to them or they wake up or they were born with that. It took conscious work. It's a creation. And coming to that truth with then, if you apply it to you, you can create that too. Whatever it is you want, you can create it. You are a creator. So anchoring into that truth. So that's number one, you can create it. And if you're looking at your life right now, what is it that you want to create more of? How can you create more of that? How can you create that now in this moment? And to me, that truth that you are a creator, you can create anything is so empowering because that empowers you and puts the power back in your hands versus outside of you or waiting for something to happen. Now you just have to choose consciously how you're going to create it. But end of the day, it's not magic. It's not a secret recipe. It's really quite simple. You create what you want, the reality you want through conscious work on your mindset, your energy, your actions, doing the inner healing and being conscious, committed and consistent with the work and not giving up. So number one, the number one lesson is that you are a creator. And if you're in a place where you're questioning where you are or if it's going to happen, ask yourself, how much do you believe you are the creator? And when I remind myself the truth that I am a creator, that the creator created me and therefore lives in me, anything is possible. That's number one. Number two, the second lesson I learned to create a life of ease and flow is Setbacks are redirection and an opportunity for realignment. Setbacks are redirection and an opportunity for realignment. So when setbacks happen, 
to get to where I am and still happens even in this life of ease and flow with two successful businesses, loving what I do, loving my life, having plenty of time and space, there still are setbacks. And when setbacks happen, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Often when setbacks happen, we tend to make it mean something about ourselves, often something negative or disempowering like, I have failed, I'm not good enough, I will never make it, I'm so far behind, versus seeing it as an opportunity to redirect your actions, your approach, and realign your energy to clearing what doesn't serve you and choosing a more aligned way. So if you allow it to be so, you can either look at these setbacks as an opportunity to build yourself. You can look at it as a blessing in disguise. You can look at it as an opportunity to realign and redirect your actions, your thoughts, your energy, or you can use it as an opportunity to feel sorry for yourself, to mean something negative about yourself, that you failed, that you're not going anywhere, that you aren't good enough or whatever that negative, disempowering, breaking down of your own power, meaning that you have given it. So if you started looking at setbacks as redirection and an opportunity for realignment, here are some ways you might look at it. So just say you have a problem client. Perhaps you can use this as an opportunity to reassess who your ideal client is. Clarify your marketing message to make sure you are aligning to the clients who light you up. Maybe it's checking in to your energy and what's bringing on these misaligned clients. It's helping you become more clear about, okay, this is actually who I really want to work with. So using the problem clients as if you have a business as an opportunity to reassess your energy, your message and who you want to work with and who you're meant to work with. Maybe you have clients not paying on time or struggle to pay. Maybe this is an opportunity to strengthen your contracts, to come up with new streams of revenue, to offer new extended plans that could benefit both you and your clients. Maybe there's a failed relationship. Instead of looking at it as that you have failed, you're not getting anywhere, you can look at it as an opportunity for growth and look how much you've learned and an opportunity to look deep within and see how you were not valuing yourself and how you've settled and how you weren't showing up as your best self and use it as an opportunity to become better and stronger and more aligned and connected to your truth. I remember like when I look back to any of my past relationships in the moment, it freaking hurts for sure. And it sucks. But when I look back now, that hindsight I have, I wish I had then was like, it was such an opportunity for me to grow and become stronger and more confident and more true to who I am. And those relationships weren't always highlighting the best of me. So I use it, you can use it as an opportunity to redirect versus to really break yourself down and mean something so negative and false about yourself. And so start looking at your setbacks as redirection an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for realignment versus it meaning something about yourself and feeling sorry for yourself or being stuck and being in the pity party of I put so much time in this relationship, put so much time in my business and I'm not getting anywhere. And that setback and that 
mindset and that point of view is actually what's going to keep you stuck and even more setback. So use that setback to set you back even more or use it as an opportunity to redirect and realign and start being your own cheerleader. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Stop going into that pity party. Oh, I'm never going to get anywhere. Oh, this must mean I failed. I'm not perfect. Whatever those stories you're telling yourself is not serving you. Use these setbacks as an opportunity to redirect, realign. I'm talking from experience because I've been through this. I've been through that, you know, that pity party for way too long. And then I still have those moments where, you know, like feedback stings, where, you know, even when I'm working at the next level with a mentor or taking a course or I didn't quote unquote, perform a certain way or something didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, despite my best efforts and intention, I give myself those moments. I say, okay, five minute pity party or I say, okay, tonight I'm just going to feel sorry for myself. Tomorrow when I wake up, I'm going to strap on those big girl boots and start again. And that's the mentality you need to have. I'm not saying don't feel what you feel, but just don't sit and dwell in that and allow it to mean something about you and your progress and how you move forward because that is going to set you back even more and not move you further ahead and stop working against yourself and believing against yourself and start being your number one cheerleader. Do you like that rant? Because I'm really passionate about that. So... That's number two. Start looking at setbacks as redirection and realignment. Redirection into the right direction you need to go to have a better business, manage your money better, be around the right person, be in the right relationship, whatever that is, to be better in your craft. Start looking at setbacks as a blessing in disguise and use it as an opportunity to become stronger and to become aligned to more of what it is that you want. And that's empowering and that's going to take you further. Number three, the third lesson I learned to create a life of ease and flow and continuously create a life of ease and flow is energy is everything. Now, just listen to me because I don't know if all of you believe in energy or you may say I do, but you don't actually apply it. Energy is everything. Even with me having two businesses, two kids, and still creating that time for myself, for my family, with my hubby, energy is everything. And it's not just, again, going to come to you. It's something you need to create and you need to allow your energy to take the lead. Okay. And it takes practice. And no matter how big the goal is, no matter how many to do lists you have or things on your to-do lists there are, no matter how much you want, no matter how much more you're creating, energy comes first. And that's what I have learned. It's easy to put all the to-dos and tangibles and all of the actions before energy. It's easy to feel like you don't have enough time. There's so much to do. You have to keep going. But eventually you're going to burn out. And this is where I really believe that it always comes back to energy. When I look back at all my best creations, it all came from me being and feeling in a high aligned vibrational place. It never came from a place of force, deprivation of any sort, burnout. 
And when I did, of course, I played in that field for a while. And that's what we're taught society wise that when I chose that route of like, keep going and, you know, choose the masculine energy, there's a to do list to do don't give up, you don't take a break until you get there, that the successful never sleeps, keep working hard and work harder and don't give up those messages that have been ingrained in me. When I did choose that my business wasn't as successful as it was today. And I'm working less and making more and feeling more. So energy comes first, because when you choose that push and that force, you're going to get more push and force and burnout. And anytime I did push a program, or I try to make something happen from that space, of force and deprivation and burnout and keep going and don't give up. And even though I was kind of like, literally my batteries are draining or already drained. Anytime I try to create something from that space, it always fell flat. People didn't sign up or I got like one or two people um, or the quality of clients who came through just wasn't energizing. But when I choose and put energy first, and allow that to lead, does it light me up? Does it expand me? Does it feel good? When I allow my energy to lead, that is what created more of what lights me up and expansion and what feels good. And to take it even further to that is what energy or what support do you need to give yourself in order to be in that state in the first place? So what supports you in being that energy? What supports you in feeling lit up, expansive, and feeling good? How do you need to think? What do you need to do? How do you need to feel? Who do you need to be in order to create that expansive energy and more flow? Right? So we often think that when I finish this to-do list, when I get the next client, when I make this, after I, you know, get through this quarter, then I will take a break. By that point, it's too late because you're drained, you're burnt out, and you're actually probably never going to find that time and space to feel that ease and flow. So you need to feel that ease and flow on the way to ease and flow. That's the only way it's going to create that. So what support... What supports you in being in that energy in the first place? What support do you need in order to feel light, expansive, and feel good before you can create more of that? So what I'm saying is, do you need to take time off? Are you taking putting too much on your schedule? Are you saying yes to every opportunity? Are you not giving yourself a break until you finish this or that or accomplish this or have this milestone? Whatever it is, Or are you telling yourself you need to make a certain amount of money or have a certain amount of clients before you can rest, right? So that's not going to be supportive to your energy. So what is going to be supportive of your energy? If you were to listen to your energy, ask your energy, what do you need right now? Most likely if you're overworking and you're burnt out, it's going to say rest. And your mind's going to say, you don't have time to rest. You have to keep going if you want to make it or else you're going to fail because that's the ego that's creeping in. But what support do you need to be for your energy? What support does your energy need? How can you be supportive to your energy? I'm trying to say this in different ways, hoping it lands. But you need to support your energy and give it that space and give it that opportunity to feel good, to feel light and expansive because you're not going to feel light, expansive and good on 
the way or while you are feeling burnt out and drained. So what support do you need to feel good? Do you need to rest? Do you need to take a break? Do you need to schedule in breaks? Do you need to take a day off even though you really feel you can't afford to take a day off? What do you need to do and how can you do that right now? So allow your energy to lead because as I mentioned before, my best creations, it always came from a place of ease, flow and expansion and feeling light. Whether that's giving myself the day off, meditating, journaling, going by the lake, working on one thing at a time, moving around timelines and not sticking to what other people say I should do or even what my mind is telling me what I should do. Allow the energy to lead to speak for itself. Because if you want a life of more ease and flow, you need to integrate more ease and flow right now into your to-do list, into your schedule, into your everyday, into your sleep, into everything. That's what's gonna be supportive in creating a life of more ease and flow. So energy is everything. Allow energy to lead. And if you're not, it's gonna pop up either through burnout through your finances, through your business, if you don't listen to your energy. So choose from a place of fuelness, of what lights you up, what energizes you, what feels good. And so instead of waiting to feel good, instead of saying, you know, you're going after these goals and you're doing all these things so that you can feel better later, it's not going to happen. It's only going to happen by consciously choosing now to allow your energy to lead. So what is your energy need right now in this moment? How can you support that energy? So energy is everything. Allow your energy to lead. That's number three. Number four, effortlessness doesn't mean no effort. That's my fourth lesson is that effortlessness does not mean no effort. Choose effortlessness over effort. People often think that means by choosing effortlessness or hearing that. I remember a couple of people saying, well, I still have to work and do something, right? They always have to justify it. They have to make a point to make sure I'm not just sitting back doing nothing. People often think, That means not putting in the work, that not doing anything, sitting back and not being productive is going to get them anywhere and not being proactive is going to get them anywhere. They're so afraid of not doing because they're so afraid of not getting, quote unquote, there and accomplishing things. But effortlessness doesn't mean no effort. To me, it means aligned effort to the point that it feels so easy and fun. It doesn't feel like work. It's a different energy in your efforts. I have effortless work in my day. So maybe not every day and not saying this is like perfect to the T all the time, but I find when I choose effortless work, that's more productive than forceful work. Forceful work is like, I got to do it. I got to hustle. I got to get through this list. Do it even though you don't like it. That force, that heaviness, that sort of energy. Versus effortless work is joy, fun, easing your tasks, choosing tasks that light you up, or handing it off to other people, um, or even just taking off the ones that really don't fit for you, or you thought that was important, but it's really not that important, or finding a way to make it more enjoyable, or maybe putting it off to the side until you get that creative, inspiring energy again. 
So choosing effortless work over forceful work. When you choose that different energy of taking action, conscious action, when when you choose that energy of effortless work, you're still working if you must work, if you must feel like you're doing something, that effortless work is actually more productive than the forceful work. People become afraid of not doing. When I say use the effortless way or choose effortlessness over effort, they become so afraid of not doing that. If I don't do anything, I'm not going to get anywhere. But the not doing in fear of not getting anywhere is something that you actually need to stop doing. That's the truth because the energy behind that, oh my God, I have to do that forceful work the energy behind that is force and fear. So ultimately, you're actually wasting your time. Choosing forceful work and just doing the work because you have to to get there is actually going to be a more waste of a time than effortless work. Than actually, even if you choose, even if effortless means not doing at all. And I'm not talking about being lazy or putting your feet up and be like, come on, universe, just put it on my lap. Just hand it to me. Like I've done enough work. That's, That's also ego. That's also fear-based messaging there. And that's not what I'm saying. Effortless work means choosing work from doing and acting from a more aligned, trusting, easy, flowy, energized, expansive space. So you're still doing, but you're aligned doing. And that's what's going to get you much further. You're going to, time is going to go by. The energy is different. The input is therefore going to get the output, right? So what energy you put in is what you're going to get out. So if you're putting in like, this is fun and easy and flowy and expansive, it could be uncomfortable and different, but I'm learning, I'm growing, and that energy is there, that's a different input, and therefore you'll get a different output. You'll get a different result. So what I'm saying is choosing from a more aligned place, choosing that effortlessness, that expansive, that joyful space, that that's what's going to make time go by fast. That's what's going to make the work enjoyable, smart, and productive versus choosing from a place and acting and doing from a place of fierce, uh, from force and fear. You put in force and fear, you're going to get more of that. And you're going to get more of the pushback, the resistance and feeling stuck. So ask yourself, what is the intention behind your actions? How are you feeling when you tackle your to-do list? How are you feeling when you are working on what you are working right now? Where is it coming from? force and fear or is it coming from aligned energized action does it light you up really the easiest thing does it light you up or does it drain you and if it does drain you eliminate it or find a way to make it fun and do it or hand it off to somebody else that your energy again it comes back to energy and kind of like these lessons are kind of tied into each other but they all deserve they are all separate but you really want to take a look at your the energy behind your efforts and choosing effortlessness will get you much further than forced effort and forced action and sometimes that even means effortlessness means relaxing it means resting it means letting go of the reins And that's power right there when you know that balance of when to take aligned action. And sometimes aligned action means not doing and resting and rejuvenating and trusting. And sometimes that's the hardest thing for people to do. So you always have a choice behind your actions. 
Are you going to choose the drained, deprived way of showing up? The fearful, forceful way of doing? Or are you going to choose from a place of ease and flow and what lights you up and what's energizing and what's expansive? And sometimes taking that rest, taking that break, spacing things out, saying no to things, um, taking that day off, putting a task aside, changing the timelines on things will give you that space and allow you to get re-energized so that you can show up differently behind these actions. So just know choosing the effortless approach does not mean you're not making any effort, that you're not putting in the action and work. You just have to reframe the energy you choose and how you choose to show up and take action. And you don't have to take every action or the action you're told you to overwork to work hard and work harder and don't give up and don't stop. You can choose more ease and flow behind your actions. And that's where effortless creation comes in. That's number four. Effortlessness does not mean no effort. So just choose that ease and flow behind your actions. You're going to see how much further, how much more energizing and how much more that in builds your investment in your energy and in your actions versus taking forever to get to where you want to get to and feeling stuck and running on the same spot. So choose effortlessness over forced effort. And last but not least, number five, my fifth lesson in creating a life of ease and flow is that just because you have an ebb in the flow doesn't mean you have failed. Just because you have an ebb in the flow doesn't mean you have failed. Have you heard about ebbs and flows in life? And we say, yeah, I know things ebbs and flows, money ebbs and flows. And we say, I get it, I get it, I get it, I I understand it. But really, do you understand it and do you accept it and do you allow it? And when you start looking at it from a place of non-judgment, from a place that it is natural and you allow it to be so and embrace the ebbs with the flows, you take away that feeling of I have failed. So there's ebbs and flows in your money, energy, in time. There's always going to be ebbs in every flow. And the proof is even in nature, in money, in relationships, in health. And when there's that dip, when there's that low, when there's that ebb, it doesn't mean that it's not going to flow again. And it doesn't mean that you have failed or you didn't make it or you're not going to make it because there's an ebb in your career, in your money, in your business. You've done this work. You've maybe you hit a point where you, you know, that high you've experienced some success and then it ebbs in your money, in your relationship in your business, in your skills of whatever craft you're in. It's going well and then it doesn't go well. And then when that moment, that dip, that low, you make it mean something again about yourself that I have failed. I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not, I put in all this work and look where I'm at. And we go into again, that pity party, the the self-defeating beliefs and definitions that we have placed in ourselves, that judgment about ourselves, when really we're not embracing the natural process. So when you start getting comfortable with those ebbs and flows, 
you're going to create more ease and flow in your life. So really, when we say create a life of ease and flow, of freedom, of whatever life it is that you want to create, whatever reality you want to create, no, there's still going to be an ebb to that in your money, in your clients, in your, in your energy, in your time table is not going to be perfect. If you are down during the ebbs and make it mean so much about you and your life and who you are and where you're at and where you're going to be, you have this belief anchored in your life about perfection. And that's where you're always going to feel like a failure because there's no such thing as perfection. There's ebbs and flows to everything in money, as I said, in money, in your energy, in even mother nature, in your relationships. And when you think about it, for anyone who is married, you know that there's those ups and downs in relationships. But I really want you to hear that. There's ups and downs in relationships. There's rough patches, even in the best couples. Do you think millionaires have days where their company isn't struggling or they have quarters where their revenue is low? Or even the happiest person in the world doesn't have bad days or the best couples don't have rough patches or that the most successful businesses, whatever it is that's you know, out there, they don't have challenges. There's nothing out there that doesn't have an, uh, an ebb to the flow. There is nothing. Even the weather, right? You have those bright, sunny, beautiful days and then you have those stormy days. It's just a natural process of life. So when you learn to embrace the ebbs with the flows, you experience more flow and you can actually, in fact, experience flow even in the ebbs. And one thing that gets me through those ebbs in life, in business, in energy is knowing that it will flow again and also having some tools and also using it as an opportunity to redirect, realign, or even using it as an opportunity to grow and knowing that it's going to flow again and having things you can turn to as well. So if my energy is low, then I know, okay, I need to take a break. Okay, I haven't been nurturing myself in the past little while. I'm going to take this break, even though it's really hard. I need to take a few days off. Um, even in money, I'll have some really, really great months and then there's some lower months. But being comfortable in that ebb and not letting it mean anything and negate all of the work and the progress and the success that I have achieved. So learning to be comfortable in the ebbs is going to allow more flow. Whether it's in your relationship, whether it's in your energy, whether it's in your money, whether it's in your business, when you embrace it, be at peace with it, you're going to experience more flow versus creating meanings and significance about it, definitions about it, about yourself, your business and where you're going, that's actually going to keep you stuck and actually break you down and break down what you've worked versus continue building it up. And again, even in those moments, you can use it as a reflective moment. You can use it as a moment to redirect. You can use it as, okay, how can I deal with this differently? What could I do differently? So maybe I experience less ebbs or what can I do to ride out this ebb and to feel more flow again? Or even just a reminder that I know it's going to come. I, my energy is going to get rejuvenated. My business is going to be rejuvenated. My 
my clients, my money, whatever it is, is going to be rejuvenated. For every dip, there's going to be another high. And for every high, it's going to dip again. And that's okay. So being at peace with the natural process of ebbs and flows and not having that expectation that it's just high all the time, that it's climbing the charts all the time, because you're setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself up for expectations that you cannot reach and maintain. There's no one out there who can maintain the flow all the time. It's natural process to ebb and flow. You need to rest, you need to rejuvenate. Sometimes you get a little sick and you need to take care of your body. You're not gonna be on all the time. It's not always not always gonna be high. It's not always gonna be the bells and whistles. No matter where you are in life and no matter what it is you're trying to create, there's always gonna be an ebb to the flow. So take out that perfection, take out that expectation and start embracing the ebbs with the flows so that you experience more flow and you can actually feel comfortable even within the ebbs and you can even flow during the times of the ebbs and to me that's very freeing that's relaxing and I feel more at ease knowing that especially knowing that ebbs don't last forever they always say the rain doesn't last forever and after the rain is the rainbow so Those are my five lessons for the past year that I really keep coming back to. So to recap, the lessons I've learned to create a life of ease and flow is number one, knowing that I can create it. It's something that I create. It's not something that happens to me or for me. The life that I want of ease and flow is something I create. Number two, setbacks are redirection and an opportunity for realignment. Number three, Energy is everything. Allow energy to lead. Allow what feels good, what feels light, what feels expansive, what feels energizing to direct my actions, direct my thoughts, to direct my decisions and give myself that supportive space to to create more lightness and goodness and energizing feelings so that I can take action from that space. And so that means taking the rest, taking the breaks, doing whatever you need to do to be supportive to your energy, to create more of that light, good, energizing, expansive feeling. And number four is effortlessness doesn't mean no effort. So choosing that joyful, that fun, that ease and flow, what feels fun, what feels light in your efforts versus the forceful, draining, fearful way behind your actions, effortlessness is going to get you further than the forceful actions, forceful effort. So effortlessness does not mean no effort. It just means you're creating more ease and flow in your life when you choose effortlessness versus forced effort. And last but not least, just because there is an ebb in your flow, it doesn't mean you have failed. Start embracing the ebbs with the flows and know it's a natural process. And don't make it mean anything about who you are, where you are, and where you are going. If you're going to make it mean anything, make it mean that you are a creator, that you will never give up that you are unstoppable, that you are learning from it, you are growing, you are expanding, and that you are on a process and you're never going to give up and that you're on the right track. Allow it to mean something that is empowering, that is supportive, and that's going to build you and not break you. So I really hope you enjoyed these five lessons of creating a life of ease and flow. 
I'm curious to know which one really spoke to you and which one you're going to integrate today. And as I mentioned, I'll be signing off for a while. I'm not sure when I will be back. I'll come back when it feels easy and flowy when it feels aligned because I want to be of the best service to you and to my clients and to myself as well. So I'm really going to honor that energy, but I know I will be back. But in the meantime, you have plenty of episodes to listen to. You can follow me on Instagram at Goddess of Wisdom Coach. And as I mentioned, there's two opportunities to work with me come November 2021. And number one is through the Freedom of Flow Mastermind, where you can consciously create, live a sustainable life of freedom and flow by mastering your mindset, energy, and strategy. And it's a six-month monthly mastermind starting November 3rd. So you just go to starseedacademycoachtraining.com forward slash freedom of flow mastermind to apply for a spot there. We meet monthly and you also have the opportunity to work with me one-on-one. And this will actually be the only opportunity for you to work with me one-on-one. Then finally, we have the next cohort for our high-level coach training at Starseed Academy, which starts the end of November. So be sure to go to our site to apply for a spot. We are only accepting eight students into this cohort. We finished our first cohort and the growth that happened in just three months is amazing. And I'm so proud of my students there. So if you're looking to become a high-level spiritual coach, then our Starseed Academy training is for you, where we work on the personal development, we work on becoming a transformational coach, and we also work on building your business and creating a successful, profitable business from a conscious approach. So if you're interested, visit starseedacademycoachtraining.com and apply for a spot. Thank you so much again for listening. Sending you all so much love and light, and I look forward to connecting with you again. Mm-hmm.